We are the Love Jays, and you're listening to Married Millennials. A conversation about navigating life, love, and relationships, one student loan payment at a time. I'm Joy. I'm Justin. Let's get to it. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode 146 of Married Millennials. I am officially... 30 years old. Hey! I celebrated my 30th birthday this Saturday, embracing a new decade of life. The original plan was to go skydiving in a joint birthday celebration with my best friend who also turned 30 on January 19th. We're exactly two weeks apart. He is also the man behind all the music that comes with Love Jays. So the music intro you hear at the beginning, the music outro you hear at the end of each show, That's my boy, Andy Ray, phenomenal producer, best friend. So we were going to go celebrate two weeks, uh, celebrate our 30th birthday with with a skydiving situation. Unfortunately, there was a lot of rain in Southern California this weekend. They do not skydive in the rain for obvious reasons. Rain and high winds. So we didn't go. Uh, We didn't get a chance to to go skydiving. And because I didn't go skydiving, Joy had asked me, like, so what do you want to do? What are you going to do? And I had felt myself you know, looking for other options. And I was like, I, I, I saw that I was trying to like, feel a void or replacement because skydiving wasn't happening. I needed to go fill, my, uh, fill up my day with some sort of activity. And I was just like, why do I need to do this? The plan was to go skydiving. It didn't happen. Now I'm going to just embrace the day and let it happen. And I, and I equated that little lesson to different areas in life is we have an original plan and something doesn't that plan doesn't go through for whatever reason so we're trying to find an alternative plan to fill up that time or complete a feeling that we want to achieve in life where sometimes you just got to accept that it didn't go as planned and it's okay and you don't have to hurry yourself to be busy and fill this day up with some activity. And I was just like, what am I doing? So I stopped all extra plans and said, I'm going to embrace the day. And my 30th birthday actually ended up really fun. Joy and I went and had lunch at our favorite spot. And then I just came back to the house and we just kicked it and enjoyed the rain, had the windows open. And then my brother took me out to dinner for my birthday, and then we sat there and talked and went and had dessert. It was, it was just a good time. Yeah. But none of that would have happened if I was just like, oh, yes, I need to fill my day with some activity. Right. I agree. I, I think that's also a good lesson. And you went to the gym. Do you want to talk about the feeling that you had? What feeling? Come oh, yes, yes. So I went, I went to the gym early in the morning, and I was driving home from the gym, and I just had a overwhelming feeling of joy, no pun intended, and it was the first time on my birthday where I really felt like I knew, I know who I am as a person. And it was really nice to be in a space to know as I'm driving home about to pull up on my house, embarking on a new decade of life, that at this point, I know exactly who I am. And it's not to say that who I am is definite because you'll continue to change and grow as the days, months, and years go by. But right now, I'm not afraid of who I am. Mm-hmm. I know who I am, and I am embracing who I am, and I'm more importantly, I'm loving who I am. And that is a real exciting place to be. 
it just feels good. And I, I texted one of my, my boys about it. And he said, you know, it's a refining process. He's like, you've known who you were for however long, but now you're just starting to accept it. And he's a few years older than me and talks about, you know, being 30 and what that looks like. And he said, so it just becomes an, an accepting process. And I was like, yeah, that's really just how I feel is I'm just becoming more comfortable in my skin and not trying to run from anyone or anything. It's like, this is, this is me. You take it or leave it, and I'm I'm okay with with who I am, and that just feels really really good to to be 30 years old, which is still incredibly young, and be comfortable in my own skin. I think when you know who you are, you don't you lose the the feeling of caring how other people perceive you. That doesn't mean you don't want a, a nice image, obviously, but you know if someone thinks something about you and you know it to not be true, it doesn't matter. You don't even feel the need to defend yourself because you know who you are and you're comfortable in that. So I just... Um, I'm really excited for you. I've, I think I've said that 10 times this weekend. I'm so excited for you. I just am. I, I think you're, you know, I mean, you're killing it. You're 30 and I, it's all looking up from here. Oh, absolutely. I guess I'm just excited to see what this new year of life brings, this new decade of life brings mm-hmm. uh, and seeing my friends who are a few years older than me and seeing them come into themselves professionally mm-hmm. is is it also exciting because I know there's a, a new journey that's un, unfolding in, in front of me, and that's that's the best part of it all. But just again, going back to my word of the year is release, and it's just the the releasing of expectations, the releasing of judgments, the releasing of all of this external pressure that we put on ourselves, that we put on this arbitrary number, that we put on our jobs. Is we have so much added external pressure and internal pressure that we put on situations that are not even there so we're just manifesting misery <laughs> in in a lot of ways and we don't even in even recognize and, and realize that we're doing it and i was talking to another friend of mine on my birthday and she was talking about or she's getting in the space of really prioritizing her her well-being, her mental and emotional well-being in particular, as she said, because her body's really just been going going through it. And I said, what's interesting is that we don't realize that as humans, when we go to the doctors, we treat physical symptoms. If we have a, a headache, if we have a broken bone, if we have some type of illness or disease or sickness, we, we treat the physical illnesses or ailments with medicine. Whereas most of our physical ailments are caused by mental and emotional stress, turmoil, distress, uh, doubt, and that then manifests its manifests itself physical. into a physical reality in the body. Mm-hmm. But we don't ever treat the mo- mental and emotional parts of the body. We just ignore it and say, "Oh, okay, we got some medicine to heal you know, this this pain." But we don't we don't really understand that that pain is coming from another level, and so it was just really nice to hear her say that that's what she was in the process of working on, and that's what I've really been in the process of working on for the last few years. It's just becoming aware of my emotional space mm-hmm. and relaxing more and taking it day by day and enjoying life as it comes. And if you can get into that practice. I promise you it is a much more comforting and a much more enjoyable place to be. And this is coming from the person who sat on the podcast a year ago. 
I just need peace. I need yeah. peace. And was going nuts because I couldn't achieve this peace. But I, I, I couldn't physically live in peace because I was internally living in chaos. Yeah. And so I had to internally Fire. find the peace so I can then outwardly live in peace. And it's been life-changing. And it's still a process. Like, I'm not just some monk sitting on a hill. Be like, oh, okay, I have all the answers. You and have I'm- been real peaceful, though. I, for the most part, for probably about a year, you've been pretty... Well, what's, because I was treating my ailments physically. Yeah. Okay, my space is a mess. I need to clean up my space. I need to vacuum. I need to wash dishes. I need to get rid of all these clothes. I need to... Whatever else. I need to go to the yeah. gym. Now, all of those things do play in part They should of be it. treated because they are symptoms, For sure. right? For but, sure. But they're not the But topic. that's what I was focusing on. I was doing everything physical, but yet nothing was changing. There was little sparks of, of hope. Right. But it didn't fix the actual cause, the source of the frustration, and that was an inward battle and an inward journey that I had to go on and work, and I'm still going on it, and it's, a, it's an ongoing journey. There's no destination. It doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a, a process that you continue to move through, and that's what's been very, very enjoyable. Since you're on the wellness track, I want to throw in there that our February weekly wellness newsletter went out. If you would like to receive that newsletter and you're not yet signed up, please go to the website and sign up for the newsletter and the February newsletter will drop in your inbox. Also, for those of you who read January's book, our book club call is February 6th. Um, at 7, is it 7.30? 7.30. 7.30 Pacific Standard Time. This Wednesday. Yes. Nice little call yeah. to talk about the book, yes. the lessons learned. And again, I'm not telling you all the name of the book. You played yourself. We still can't say the name of the book? No, yeah, we can tell them. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> we can tell them the it, name it, of the book. It was A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, and it was amazing. It's all about deconstructing the ego, which I think we've said a million times. It's been nice to read. It's been nice to read. I Justin, I think, was transformed by it. He was just like, yes. But you, everybody has those books where they read the books, and it's like, my life is different now. I see things completely differently now. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm happy even if it's just like Justin's the only one who's hyped off of it. But I, I don't suspect that'll be the case. Um, I got a lot of wisdom and nuggets from it, too. He's just dialed. Like, I mean, he... Dialed. Dialed. A player. I would player. love to have a conversation with him. And like not even about the ego or anything, but just sit down and talk and and just see what comes out of his mouth. Oh, definitely. But for me, the biggest thing was, is you've heard me reference it on the show before, is when I got married, the one piece of advice my father told me, and I asked him before I was getting married, like, what would you, what could you give me? And he said, I let my ego die at the altar. Mm-hmm. And so I have preached that this, this message um, for years, even before I really got that message from my father, it was just a, a reaffirmation on that day, is that you have to let your ego go in a relationship. If you're constantly battling for egos, you're going to end up frustrated within your relationship. It, it's, right. it's impossible to avoid if you're trying to say whose ego is bigger than who. And this book was the first book I've read where the ego was deconstructed in a manner that made so much sense yeah. 
to that message of letting your ego die at the altar. Yeah, it doesn't just name it. It defines it, right? Correct. So that you can completely understand what the ego is and how it shows up in different circumstances. And not from a, a psychological standpoint. Mm-hmm. They go, this is the, the study and the test of the ego, but really attacking it from a, a spiritual standpoint and understanding the role ego plays in all of our lives. We all, the ego is a part of, of all of us. And so as I was digesting this information, I was just like, ah, I understand more fully what that statement means. So now as I say it and work with couples and work with people, I can really lean in into a statement because it's equipped me with tools and knowledge to further drive home that point. The book was unbelievable. I mean, Oprah is doing a 10-part series with Eckhart Tolle on her Super Soul Conversations podcast where they're doing a chapter breakdown of each chapter in the book. That's how dialed it is. She is committing 10 episodes, one chapter a piece to go over the messages learned in this book. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. If you have not read it, you need to pick it up. If you're joining the weekly wellness challenge in February, you now have two books to read for the the month of February. And this month's book is very short. So you should be able to knock that out in a week. You could knock it out in a, in one sitting if you wanted to. So there's no excuse. You got two books and we're now we're nice and telling you what the book was. (laughs) You're so funny. Justin, he's so excited. And I'm, I'm excited. You're excited, babe. I'm excited too. But the fact that you're just reading books and living for them, I just feel probably like how you would feel if all of a sudden I was super into basketball. You know, like if I was all of a sudden like, yeah, like hyped on my own, like it's not for you. It's like my own thing now. And I finally just see how amazing it is. That's how I feel about you now rocking with books. Yeah, it's just an unlimited knowledge. I just, I was robbing myself of so much learning. Is that we were so dependent. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say we, I'll use me as a, as a personal example. I was so dependent on my knowledge coming from school. So for 22 years, I had built-in, baked-in knowledge. And I used to always tell Joy, it's like, I miss the college setting. I was like, I miss learning and being able to just engage in conversations and lectures and discussions with your colleagues, or at the time, not colleagues, your fellow students. Mm-hmm. I was like, I miss that environment. But like, what I didn't realize is I could have created that own environment by just Completely picking up a own. book and reading and it's more fun because you get to design your own curriculum. So that's why I have not missed college this whole time. Yeah, I played myself. Because I've learned, I think I've learned, well, I haven't learned more, I won't say, but I've learned more about what I want to learn about post-college Definitely. than I did in college. And that's that's the amazing thing. It's like books. Yeah. And you just go to the library. You can I'm borrow, in this topic. You can oh, borrow a book. book completely yeah. free for three weeks, absorb all the knowledge. And if you really enjoy what you read, you can just go buy the book and put it on your shelf. It's, it's such an amazing concept. And I'm, I'm late to it. And for all the, the book lovers out there, you guys are going to be like, this guy is ridiculous that he's this late to the party. But you know, it's, it's like finding something new as a 30 year old you know how exciting that is like when right. you're a kid and you get super hyped to unwrap a gift it's like i just unwrapped the library and books and knowledge is i am thoroughly excited this is I mean, again rocks my world and some other not so exciting and fun news to share jesse smollett the actor and star of the show empire as well as being a multi-talented artist and musician was involved in a brutal attack 
in Chicago for being a black gay man in America. And it's unfortunate, disheartening, sad. And Joy and I often you know, talk about things on our platform is the progress that we still have to make as a society and a country, you know, not when it comes to just race relations, but also, you know, people's sexual and gender identity within the country is there is still so much hate and so much intolerance when it comes to our brothers and sisters who do not identify the same way with a a heterosexual norm. And that is, again, incredibly disheartening and sad. And it's also a, a painful reminder for a lot of people is being a celebrity or being famous does not make you exempt from hate in the world. And this was, you know, there's times for people who don't work in the industry. I see it all the time on Twitter, on headlines, especially like around LeBron James. You make millions of dollars. You guys are multimillionaires. You're above all of you know, this hate and you can't compare yourself to you know, every other individual. And this just goes to show you is that Jesse Smollett is a very successful, you know, well-known individual, uh, but was attacked because he was a black gay male. Uh, and you know, I just wanted to, to come in here and, and make a, a statement in solidarity and support with not only Jesse, but to you know, everyone else who is you know, continuing to fight this battle and trying to move beyond the oppressive nature of the rhetoric that has filled our society, unfortunately. Uh, but I also want to bring about a concern of mine that I have seen trending in the last year or so when news of like this comes up, which is so unfortunate and sad, is everyone is so quick to run to Twitter or their social media platforms and judge and tell everyone how they need to protest or how they need to support and how they need to be in solidarity with these individuals. And before we are quick to rush and judge others for how they stand in support and how they show their solidarity and how they protest, we should be conscious of our words and actions saying, you must do this. You need to protest this way. I don't know if I've said it here on the show, but I'm not a protester in the streets. That's not who I am. With the marches that are that are happening, I'm in full support. I stand with all those who go out and march and let their voice be heard because that, that matters and it, and it creates attention and it creates a conversation. I'm not one of those people. I don't look down upon anyone who shares my, my standpoint or someone who is in the streets protesting. But because I'm not in the streets protesting, holding a sign, marching and yelling does not mean, mean that I'm not advocating and protesting in a different way. But because someone's protest and advocacy does not look like the way your protest and advocacy looks like does not mean that they are not in support of the same cause and the same fight you are fighting. And it's important in this time of extreme polarization and the ability to just say and do whatever you want, regardless of any clout or merit you may have, is for those who are fighting the good fight, I stand with you in fighting the good fight. But as you fight the good fight, let's make sure we don't judge others who aren't fighting the exact way you fight. Because there isn't one way to protest. 
There isn't one way to educate and there isn't one way to advocate. Um, so I will stand here in solidarity with Jesse Smollett and not run from the fact that he was attacked because he was black and because he was gay. And if you do not believe that, you are woefully mistaken and should educate yourself on some topics that are going on in the country, especially the homosexual view within the black community. Because it's real, it's dangerous, and people are losing their lives because of it. Fortunately, Jesse is still here to talk about his experience, but we can't run from the fact that those were the two reasons why he was attacked. And we need to continue to have conversations about those topics specifically within the black community. Uh, but again, because I didn't make a video and put out that exact day d of showing my, my solidarity and support does not mean that I'm not fighting the same battle and having different conversations um, with people. Because as, as a black man who has a lot of conversations offline from this show, is when I read those comments and headlines and look at other people, I then get educated on some things that I may not have been aware of. And then I can take the, that information and move it into my private life and be able to influence thoughts and ideas that are not online. And we have a, a misconception that action is only done online. We don't live online, everybody. Or in the streets. Or in the streets. That, yeah. That's not how all action is, is done. Yeah. There are... It's often done behind closed doors. Most times yeah, it is. like real change. But we use our, yeah. our Twitter flag or our Instagram flag or our followers as our easy way to do it. And, and, right. and sometimes... And that's valid, too. It, it is valid. But, but sometimes I also think it's a cop-out. If I'm, if I'm being fully transparent here is... Oh, because I can go on social media and say this, I can show the world that I'm in support. And not give a second thought. But if, you, if all you did is post a video and you went on about your day and you never had a conversation, you never influenced other people around you, what benefit have you, have you really given to the cause? So I, wanted to, I want to say all this to remind us all is everyone walks through these streets differently. Everyone's path on, in their life is differently. The way that we behave and we think and we process information is different. And because you don't run to the internet and post a 60-second video or tweet 140 characters and put a thread together does not make you any more or less involved in the cause and fight towards justice. Everyone's path is different. Sean King is a perfect example of someone who is just different. Sean King is on the ground constantly putting his life, his family at danger. And there's not many people who are like him. He's, he's relentless in his pursuit of social justice. But there are people who donate, and I'm on the email list, constantly sends out emails explaining what his next action plans are and asking to donate. I know there are thousands of people who are donating their money and their time to his cause to make it happen, and no one will ever know who they are. That does not mean they are not as committed to Sean King's cause as Sean King is. People move around their advocacy different, and that is okay. If you are remain silent and not active at all, I agree there's a problem there. But we cannot say because you are not socially vocal means you're not making any changes. Right. So Jesse, I stand with you, my brother, to all of our 
black kings and queens to all of our gay and lesbian king and queens. I stand with you in your fight for equality. And if you hold on to these views that are not as welcoming to people who don't believe or look, live or have sex like you, I urge you to go within and and ask yourself, why do you hold those feelings? And if you want to talk to somebody about that, I'm more than happy um, to do so, but I don't engage in in dialogue and debates online uh, because it's it's useless. Uh, Because all we're doing is is hiding behind a screen and words, and that doesn't accomplish much, much. I'm not saying it can't make waves, but as far as changing something, that, that's not really, really doing it all. But if you want to come sit and talk face to face and have a conversation, I would absolutely love to do it. Just like Ashton Kutcher tweeted out his phone number and said he misses having authentic connections with people. Because that's where we're at in a society is we've hidden ourselves behind keyboards and screens and phones and expect to have all this knowledge. But when it comes time to sit with someone face to face and really engage in a conversation, we have no clue how to do it. So I'm more than happy to engage with people face to face, flesh to flesh, hand to hand, brother to brother, sister to sister, brother to sister, and make some things happen. And of course, I like Justin stand with Jesse. Um, The news wasn't great to see it was very sad and i'm i'm praying for everybody in this situation and and of course having the conversation behind closed doors i have said on the show before i'm not an in the streets protester i do think all of it is needed though i think the people online are needed i think the people in the streets are needed absolutely i think uh the people behind closed doors are needed what i don't think is needed is for people to criticize other people in the way that they are helping because at the end of the day, all that is is taking energy away from the change that everyone is working towards. So uh, thank you for buttoning that up so very nicely. Switching gears a tad here, we were having a conversation this morning, really us, and you were having this conversation amongst friends this weekend uh, about our money versus your money. Do you want to set up how this came about. So the conversation started with a friend of mine saying if he was married to a woman and his wife was making $500,000 a year and he had didn't have a job and wasn't contributing to that $500,000, he said, is that our money or is it her money? I right. said, if you're married, that is your money that that is yeah. our that's our money yes. our our money is is in the pot this is our household yeah. and i said you guys likely have some agreement in place yeah. that i'm making a half a million dollars you don't have to work it doesn't make sense you can take care of the house and make some things happen and 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 i so i my stance was this was definitely your money as a not not yours in a in a way that's singular but ours it, ours, it's our yes, money. Exactly. And he was like, well, you know, if I was working, making $500,000 a year and she didn't, you know, she wasn't making any money. Is that my money or is that, you know, her money too? I was like, that's again, our, our money. money. Yeah. We, we are in a, in a union together. That is our money. And he said, well, what if we weren't married and we were just dating? And I said, if you're dating and even if you're living together, I was like, that's not your money. Now that can you can reap See, the I benefits. I disagree there. I disagree. Really? There. there, yeah. If you're just dating, 
here's the thing. If you're married, you actually have legal claim to that you money. Do, I know you do. That money is legally our money. For Even sure. if you want to have separate bank accounts, like you could call it what you want to call it. But if you were to get divorced, you would have claim to half of that money legally. So, but if you're not married, then no, it's not It's not our money. Then it is my that, money. That's what I said. Money. Oh, so I that was not it. No. I thought you were saying that it's still our money no. even if you're living together. No. You, okay. you, you, didn't, even let me, you didn't even let me finish. I, I th- said that's, that's not it. your money, and you said I disagree. Oh, and then saying, reaffirmed okay. with what I said. Okay, so I was, I was thinking about it from the aspect of you're making the money, and you want to know if you have to share it with the other person. You're saying, no, that's not your money. No, you're I'm saying, saying that's not your money. You, you went back to the woman's making the money and the man is now Correct. At home. So okay. now I switched that and, I, and now right. I'm saying I gotcha. you could get benefits of dating totally. someone who's making a lot of money so you may not have to pay for certain bills and can live the luxuries of it. But once that relationship ends, you ain't got no coin. No. You have to you you don't you're not entitled to, to any of, of any of that cash. And so then it, it turned into a, a longer conversation of what is a woman's stance on a man not working if the woman's making a lot of money and then what's the, the stance if the man's working and the woman you know, making a lot of money and the woman's not working. Right. And looking at the, the balance between the two of saying, would a woman, and I'll ask this question to you as he posed it, would a woman be okay if her man was not working and she was making a lot of, woman, a lot of money? Would women in general be okay with that? I mean, I can't speak for all women. I would say that's not the norm, right? It's not. And it depends on what you're doing not working, because there are, there are jobs that aren't traditional, but so oftentimes if you're dealing with a man that's making a lot of women the or, or a lot of money and the woman's at home, which is pretty so- socially normal, right? It's not anything that's out of the norm. Nobody's confused about that. Uh, you know, oftentimes the woman's involved in charity or really has an uh, a, a active role in some kind of community. Uh, you know, if you have kids very active with the children. So is that the man doing a similar type of thing or is it he's just not working and he's like, partying all the time or, you know, traveling without you know, your significant other and just like leeching. Are you leeching or are you still being an active member in society and for the household? I think that it just kind of depends on that. Not that women can't leech too. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, I really just think it depends on how you're not working. Completely agree. And when you had made a comment that I want to get some clarity on, you said it's not the norm. So because if it's not because it's not the norm means it's not acceptable? I'm not saying it's unacceptable. I'm just saying that it's not something we're used to seeing. We're not used to a woman uh, going out making all the big bucks and the the man staying at home. And let's just say they don't have any kids, so he's just a stay-at-home husband. I've heard of a stay-at-home wife before. I have. Um, and even that has confused me because I'm like, well, what do you do? <laughs> um, but a stay-at-home husband, what what are you doing? And is that person okay with it? Does that person just want someone to come home to at night? And that's all they're looking for. They're like, well, I actually don't really care if you work or not. What you do throughout the day is not my business. My money's your money. You know, go get, go buy yourself something pretty. If, if that's how she feels, then that's how she feels. So that's the other thing is I really think it depends on your relationship. It, it completely does because it, 
I can't speak for everybody. There's there's a woman out there making the big bills and comes home to her man, doesn't want him to work, and he doesn't cook because they have a chef. <laughs> <laughs> they have a housekeeper, and he's been playing video games all day. And she thinks it's adorable because she's a video game developer, you know? <laughs> so I'm just saying... I. I, to each his or her own. That, that's real. And I, and I responded to it. I said, traditionally, most women, I believe, would not be okay with them making money and their husband not working simply because that's not the way it's been done before. Yeah. I, I, would, I would believe that most women, if we had to conduct a survey, would not yeah. be cool with that. Whereas men, on the other hand, would be more accepting of it because that's the way it's been. Right. And also, you still have to like consider the politics of everything. Like, we, Women don't have financial equality in this country, right? For so sure. It's, our, our mindset isn't technically, or hasn't ever been providing for a man. Ever. Uh, It's switching out of having men provide for us. But even that, uh, that is hard enough to say, like, I'm going to take care of myself. That that in itself is a feat. I know there are women out there making half a million dollars. Again, I I doubt it's as common as men out there making half a million dollars. Oh, there's no doubting there. That's factual. (laughs) Right. So and then what kind of man? I'm not saying what kind of man because I know that person exists too, but are you going to be secure enough within yourself? Because if you have one person bringing an income that does skew the power dynamic. So is that man going to be okay with the woman completely running the show? Mm. I I don't know. That's real. Now we get into the psychology. We get into the ego. Right. That talks about what, what makes you a man in a relationship and as a financial power structure really yeah, important to your relationship dynamic is you as a person right that no that, that that's definitely and that happens when men are making all the money too i mean it's very it's very common very common i mean the woman will have you know free reign to spend everything you have men say like oh yeah she spends all the money or whatever but there is an unspoken not agreement but men expect the wife to be a certain way towards them because they're bringing in the money Absolutely. So, absolutely. And that's why I have been a proponent always when people ask, how do you do your finances? You being Joy and I. And that's why we combined all of our finances, is because finances are one of the leading causes of frustrations and divorce for marriages. Yeah. Because it's, there's so much, we have so much of our identity tied into our profession and how much money we make. Right. It's, it's, there's a strong correlation there. And when you have this possessive nature of belief over, this is my money, this is your money, you're giving a lot of power to that dollar. And I had noticed before we had really combined our money that I was feeling some types of way about things. I was like, okay, I, I'm making this. I know what my bills are. You're making less and your bills are higher. Here go, where's this dynamic at? And I felt internally some type of way. And I was like, I can't go through this marriage having resentment, saying I make more money than Joy's making, but her bills are higher than mine. So she just needs to suffer and figure that out. And I'm, I'm going to be okay and good and just cover my bills. Yeah. That's just a very selfish, my opinion, a very selfish viewpoint on how to manage your finances. 
And so we just came and put everything in one pot and we pay everything out of, out of one account. I've heard you know, couples who have their own individual checking accounts and then they have a shared joint checking account and they contribute X amount of dollars to this joint checking account to cover the, the bills and the funds and then what yeah. you have, you have, and what I have, I have. And that's how we work. And, and if I that, do think a stash is important too. A stash is important. Yeah. If that works for yeah. you, great. And, for, and it, it didn't work for us. And, and the reason why it didn't work for what made it hard is because you don't have all your money in, a, in the same pot. Accounted for, yeah. So when you're trying to account for things and savings, you're, you're managing your finances with one, with one eye open mm-hmm. and the other closed. Not saying it can't work, but you don't have the, the full scope. there are plenty of couples that do that, too. There are there people is. who still have their money separated. They've been married for 20 years, and that's how they're going to roll. And and, and, it's, and there's yeah. nothing more to talk about. But that, that feeling is still there. But to me, My the, money, the, your money. the feeling is the, the possession is, is definitely still there. And again, you're, you're navigating your finances with one eye open and, and one eye closed. And when we combined everything in one pot, I'm the person who oversees all of our finances, I was able to fully see, here are all of our bills. Joy, here are all of your bills. Justin, here are all of your bills. And here's all the money we're bringing in. Then we can set up a budget that makes sense. It could define and move money the way it needs to happen. But then at the point, you know, what works as well, when I became unemployed, we got to see everything that was, was there. I was like, okay, how do we adjust and scale back? Joy could have said, well, I'm making all this money. You're not entitled to any spending. If that conversation happens, now that turns into a whole hailstorm of conversations. Like, what do you mean? So for the past X amount of years, when I was making this and covering these bills, now that I'm not bringing in money, I'm not entitled to that. And you just get into, you yeah. get into this battle. With and the I ego, have time for all that, yeah, you get you get into that the, ego the battle. The goal is that we both thrive. That's that's I'm that's what marriage is. At the end of the day, you, I don't really think you can go into marriage with a me versus you mentality. Like, well, I'm doing good right now, but you're not. Like, I I'm not really sure. And again, some people do it and it works, but I I'm not sure that I know that that's not for us. But I, would, I would encourage you out, especially if you're newly married, to to figure out the uh, the best way to navigate your finances uh, in a way that's not going to build resentment. But I would ask. You said if it works, it works. I I would honestly know if you don't have all of your money in in one pot, does it really work? Do you not have any resentment at all? Towards your partner the based on anything. The only way that I think that it would truly just work out is if you have an equal, if you make the same and you have an equal uh, uh, amount of bills. Bills, yeah. So you're not, there's no extra output and there's the same exact amount of input. Like, let's just say, for to make the number even, you both make 100K a year and you have the, the same exact amount of bills, then it's fine because then you, everything's pretty even. And that's not that things have to be completely fair and even or whatever, but just I think there could be resentment when you're, maybe you're having a harder time and then you know your partner's completely fine, but they're not throwing you a bone because, again, you're in a partnership. And the reason I ask this, couples who manage their money like this, every time I've had a conversation about finances – there has been some sort of resentment that has come up. Even if it's small, there has been something about the, the mine in yours and it creates this, 
sticky dynamic. Mm -hmm. So while it may work for you, quote unquote, does it work for you in a way that is resentment free and judgment free? I, I'm interested to no. know. And for me, it, it was not there. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. The, the resentment's real. And as Joy said, the goal of marriage is for us to win. So if your goal as a, as a married couple is to win, why wouldn't you put all your chips into the same pot and go attack the day right. together? But it also takes both people to have that mindset, right? Because if you combine your money and then you have one person who's like, I'm going to do whatever I want, whenever I want, which you think I'm that person most of the time. And I'm not. I'm just going to eat. That's my thing. <laughs> I'm not going to starve. Uh, but We've the, gone beyond. It's beyond yes. the food, Joy. Continue. <laughs> What do you mean it's beyond the food? I haven't spent money on it. I know, continue. Okay, so, but I, if you have somebody who's like disrespectful of the budget, like I'm going to go on shopping sprees, I'm going to go out with my friends, I'm going to go to the bar, like, you know, they just completely disrespect the budget, then I think you're dealing with something different there. You're dealing with something different. You, you are dealing with something different there. So then at that point, they disrespect the budget. They blow all their their money that way. Are you then going to look at your partner and be like, well, you can't do anything? No, I'm saying, I'm you, saying if your money is combined and they're doing this. Got you. So I, I, that's the other thing where it does have to be a case-by-case case situation. It's like, okay, so you're going to manage finances poorly and you have no consideration for how I am doing. Yeah, then we can't. Then, we can't yeah. have our money together because so it's a liability. this is not a black and white issue. For sure, but then I'm yeah. going to talk to that person and, why, and say, why are you so reckless with your finances? Right. Yeah, you would talk to them, but again, some people are very unreasonable. So <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Very true. And then what it ended, the conversation ended with us asking, he said, as a single person, can you go out and date someone if you don't have a job? And I answered saying, no, you're not afforded the privilege to enter into the dating world without some base level standard. Not saying that your employment dictates your value because that is not at all the case. As someone who's been unemployed before, my value was not diminished because I didn't have a job. Although a lot of, again, a lot of our times, our identity becomes affiliated with our career and how much money we make. But if you are going out here and trying to meet somebody and establish a base level connection, you should be in a space where you can support yourself in some form or fashion. And I do believe most people would have a hard time looking at someone as a prospective dater when they're going to work every day and, and you're just like, oh, I'm unemployed. Now, I will say living in L.A. and other cities, people may not have quote unquote jobs, right. I, I said, but they're I think working. It, it depends on how what kind what, of what type of unemployment are you? are you? Again, if you're sitting at home playing video games all day or, you know, just frolicking through, you know, parks or something. But you're and you have no plans on working towards anything. That's an issue. Agree. But there are like think about in Los Angeles, we, there are a lot of actors here, right? There's a lot of actors. So if you're unemployed at the time, but you are actively auditioning, you're, I don't consider that. I don't, to be, consi I don't, I don't consider, consider that, that unemployed. Undateable. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, so it, it really just depends on how you are unemployed. Okay. So yes, let me yes. clarify. Unemployed means you are not actively working and searching towards Anything. Employment, yeah, or working and doing odd or jobs project, to bring some some money in. Contract and, work, nothing. I'm saying you're a sitting duck, and you're just like, yeah, like I just kind of kick with the homies and and chill. I, ooh, uh, that's yeah. that's tough. 
Unless That's you very, have a trust fund, then you know what? We can still talk. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are, you are a mess. But there, there is, that's just like the, the standard. You have to be in a space where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm there working has to towards be something. There some money involved. Yeah. There, like, I, that's at the end of the day. I, how are you dating without money? Well, yeah, you have to be able to, you got to take care of yourself in some form or fashion. Yeah. Like, what, how that looks. you pay rent. Yeah. Yeah. How, but most people aren't going to want to enter into a situation where somebody's not even taking care of themselves. And that goes for, for all aspects of life, not just, not just uh, uh, working, not just employment, right? It goes for, if you see somebody and they're in very poor health, like you, very poor health, and they're on a date. You're not gonna say like, "Oh, I'm really attracted to this person." They're, they zero percent takes care of the, take care of themselves. And I'm not talking about like you have an illness or something. I mean like you you've eaten poorly. You haven't been to the gym. You're wheezing. Like you're coughing. You know, like like oh, sorry if I eat too fast, I choke because I can't breathe when I'm eating. <laughs> and it's not like a a, a a a physical. You you're physically able to take care of yourself. You're just not right. Like that's. That's not going to be a situation where somebody's like, sure, I want to take that on. For sure. So. And, and I, I would say to neatly answer the question, you need to be in a space where you are taking care of yourself mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. You are in a good space to then start dating. And that's, I think, often gets overlooked because there's people who have jobs who are working, but they don't take care of themselves personally. Yeah. And they go into the dating world when they haven't even got themselves together or right. working to get themselves like together. emotionally, right? Correct. Yeah. So like emotionally, you're a wreck and you, you're talking to this person. Like, and let's say you look good. Other than that, you, you are fit. You, you take care of your, yourself physically, right? You're taking care of yourself financially. You are thriving. You got a nice car. But mentally and emotionally, you're a wreck. That's problematic. No, nobody wants that. You, you shouldn't be dating. You might be able to trick them for a little bit. <laughs> you, you, need, you, need to go ta- you need to take care of that. Yeah. So it's easy. Yeah, the, the easy way is, by, oh, if you don't have a job or you're not making money, you're not dateable. But it's also a deeper conversation because there's a lot of people who are in the dating pool right now who shouldn't be in the dating pool because they haven't done the work to take care of themselves on many levels. Right. So while, yes, there's a standard, it may not necessarily be a financial standard, let's just make sure we're all working towards being a better version of ourselves so when we go out and meet a partner, we can then become better together. I think the reason why maybe employment was brought up is because it seems like something that's outside of your Control. control. So... I, I understand it, and I'm not saying that it's fair because maybe you are down on your luck. Maybe you just lost a job or whatever. Uh, but then if you're actively seeking more employment or working on a project or whatever, then I think that's a, that's okay. But also maybe dating shouldn't be the focus because it costs money. Yeah, you just take care of yourself. Yeah. Take care of yourself you before you enter into the, the dating scene. Right. And you're not saying be perfect. But be working towards taking care of yourself because you can't take care of somebody else if you can't take care of yourself. Right. Facts. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Married Millennials. Make sure you subscribe to our show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you are loving what you're hearing, please leave us a review and share it with your friends. And as always, let's keep the conversation going online. You can head over to our website, lovejays.com, and you will see all of our social media icons right there at the top of the page. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday.